Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Model of it, 
or the element people, I guess, do. But they're all basically the same. Um, so a lot of the stuff I talked about last time isn't so much applicable to the ones you can pick up right now, but it's still the same flashlight. So tonight we're going to look at the other end of that, which is going to be the uh, headlamps, which is Darren's absolute favorite topic. Yeah. Uh, he put it up on every expedition. So, Darren, uh, tell me what you think about them. First, let me actually, I'll, I'll go into the headlamps. And in case you don't know about this, because I know some people are just oblivious to this whole headlamp thing. Um, I was with a, a carpenter not too long back. He was an older fella. And um, he was looking to find his flashlight, and I handed him a, a, a headlamp. I said, here, use this. Just put it on your head and turn it on. And he just thought it was, he was like, wow, where'd you find this? And you know, like it was like sliced bread. You know, he had never even heard of something like this. I mean, who could have imagined something like that? You know, and uh, so I immediately, you know, got it back from him because I knew he was going to steal it. Uh, no, not really, but um, I ended up going and buying him one just uh, just to say thanks for helping me out. But uh, yeah, they're just uh, headbands really with the with the flashlight attachments on them, uh, little lenses, and a lot of times, a lot of times they're using LEDs now and. Of course, you can get the single high voltage LEDs or multiple LEDs, and you have the ones that have the three settings with, excuse me, with strobes, and uh, then they have filters for them: the red, green, yellow, whatever you need. Really, you can buy. And uh, they, the the big advantage for me because I was a hiker and a backpacker uh, long before I got into the uh, the the Bigfoot uh, uh, phenomenon, I guess you want to call it. Uh, it allows you to move around hands free and you know do what you got to do all while you know having light as opposed to having to hold a flashlight and you know that's one hand you can't use but I mean granted you can't really use a headlamp as a as a weapon either though so that's another pros and cons there um, and they come in all different all different sizes shapes and prices some of the more expensive ones probably go for seventy five eighty dollars. It's a little bit overkill in my opinion, whereas you can pick up a, a really good one actually. Uh, uh, Louisiana director, uh, Mr. Mr. Electric Bigfoot has one, uh, I don't know if he still does, it was a Energizer model, I think he, or Rayovac or something he picked up at a, uh, just a local store there in Louisiana, and it, man, it was, it was, it had everything you could, all the bells and whistles were on it, and he said he paid like $15, $20 for it. So uh, I was impressed with that enough to go pick one up, and uh, now I carry one. I've got one in each one of the glove boxes of the cars and stuff like that. You know, it's just because in case of emergencies, you never know when you're going to need a good flashlight like that. So, uh, so that's what I have to say about the uh, the headlamps. What do you think about those, Darren? Well, uh, I got to admit they are great little lights to have because. Uh, we we've been using them. It seems like every time we go out, more and more folks are using them. the The only gripe I got about it is, and Randy's the worst one about this. He'll come up to me and start talking to me, and it's like, Randy, turn off the dang light. I can't see nothing. Uh, you know, so folks, remember when you're you're out in the field and you got a headlight on. Uh, at least think of the other person when you come up and talk to them, and turn that sucker off because. Uh, Usually after they walk away, I'm sitting there trying to get my eyesight back uh, for night vision. Yeah, that is that is one of the major cons. Is uh, you know uh, people like uh, Squatch Finder has he has one that he clips right on the bill of his hat, and uh, you really don't realize that you have it on if you're not in a dark surrounding. 
Yeah. So you're you're very it's a very typical thing to have happen, walk up and you will be blinding the person that's talking to you and sometimes and bless these people that are out going these expeditions with us because they're so nice. They don't, you know, they just just kind of, they're just kind of going along with it, even though they're being blinded. They're not going to tell you that you're blinding them because they're so nice, or you know, they just don't want to interrupt you or whatever. Tell us, please tell us, because we don't yeah. want to blind you by any means, you know, and give you night blindness. That's a, not not we're going for. Because I mean, we forget we've got them on because we do a lot of these night hikes. And they're constantly on. So when you get back around the fire and everything, it's not really dark. It's not really light, but it's it's dark enough to where, or light enough to where you really can't see the headlamp coming out. Especially if you're using a filter on there, you definitely can't. Um, so please, just uh, if you're on one of these expeditions with us and we're blinding you with our headlamps, just tell us. We won't be offended. Honestly, we really won't. And nobody's going to get mad and stomp off. And at that point, if they do stomp off, at least the light's not in your eyes anymore. So. So that's the headlamp discussion. Any uh, any comment from the peanut gallery? I see you guys are all sitting there like good little listeners and not typing. Either they're not typing or it's locked up again. Or on they're the not camera. listening. <laughs> well, I was going to say because uh, of course as soon as I say that my talk shoe screen crashes. As soon as I say any questions, it crashes. So <laughs> so that's just uh, par for the course for talk shoe. Thanks, talk shoe. We love you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Darren, you got anything else you want to mention about the headlamps? Uh, no, that's about it. Uh, I mean, I think they're great, but it does <laughs> get to me when people come up talking to me with them on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to play a little intro music, and then we're going to bring on Hunter, and uh, we're going to start talking about uh, Chickasaw Park and what all they experienced down there. Okay. Hunter, are you there? Hunter? Well, Bobcat's here, but uh, I don't hear Hunter. Oh, okay. okay. Hey, Bobcat. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, I was going to let Hunter do all our talking. He He's more experienced than I am. <laughs> yeah, but this is how it works out, man. You're like, I'll be, I'll go along and I'll be the wingman. And, yeah, the main guy didn't show up, and this is how it works out. Next thing you know, you're a radio show. <laughs> well, hopefully he'll oh. call in. So, Bobcat, uh, where where are you from? Uh, Norman area down here, uh, close to Oklahoma City. So. Okay, and uh, how many times have you been out to Chickasaw? Uh, you know, I used to camp out there a lot as a kid. I never experienced. Uh, uh, this is the first time I've been down there since a. Uh, I think it was an adult. Um, we went down there with a group of friends, and uh, we weren't really looking for anything. Uh, when I went down there with Hunter, we were just all uh, camping out, just uh, hiking and, and enjoying uh, the Chickasaw uh, recreation area there. So, you know, we weren't really anticipating anything and really not sure, if, uh, you know, what happened exactly? Only it just got our curiosity up, you know. It, it was strange what happened. So, okay. and is is this your first uh, Bigfoot experience, or have you had other things happen to you in the past that got you involved? No, no, no. This is 
you can say I'm a real curious individual about the whole thing. I, um, I'm curious about it and uh, interested, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I guess this is a first. I guess what you'd call perhaps close encounter uh, of any type. <laughs> well, Bobcat, I think we got Hunter on the phone, so I think he probably saved you. <laughs> okay, good. Take over. Take over, I Hunter. Know, I didn't know Bobcat was coming online tonight, so this is kind of nice. Go ahead, Hunter. How are you doing? Do you have me here, Darren? Yeah. Yeah, we got you, man. We got okay. you. You are coming in loud and clear. All right, Hunter. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from? And uh uh, tell the folks how you got involved in the the whole Bigfoot experience, the phenomenon. Uh, I'm from Oklahoma City. Currently live there. Uh, okay. I'm like most everybody else from the, the Patterson film many years ago. Uh, I've been an armchair uh, researcher, and that you know is strictly what I can read in the magazines and, and that sort of thing. Uh, it's been never been anything else but that uh, until this last January, and uh, I'm involved with an outdoor group here in Oklahoma City, and uh, we do camping, hiking, backpacking, kayaking, you know, just, you know, a way of networking people together to do all kinds of different things. Well, starting in January, we, uh, one of the things we've done is we've adopted a section of the Wichita Trail in southeast Oklahoma. It's a, a section, a 3.4-mile section of the trail east, uh, east of Tallahassee and uh, west of Cedar Lake, which, uh, as you all well know, that's kind of right in the heart of, you know, Bigfoot country. And uh, I realized I was going to start going down there, you know, you know, two weekends a year in the spring and in the fall, you know, working on that trail. And I thought, you know, now that I'm going to be going down there and camping and hiking in that area, maybe I should become just a little bit more involved because I'm going to be right there. You know, not necessarily do a lot of research, but just, uh, um, you know, use it as a, a, kind of keep my eyes open a little bit more when I'm there, I guess, is is what I'm trying to say. And then uh, I joined the MABRC forum as a forum member uh, back in 2008, and since then I've been just a lurker. I've, I've not participated at all. I just, you know, would come in and look. And, uh... Then after the we adopted that trail and I started you know getting more into it, then I became more active on the forum and that's when you started seeing you know my my screen name show up. Um, and over the years I've been uh, going down to uh, Chickasaw Park, uh, hiking and camping and whatever there either there or Buffalo Lake, and uh, just. Uh, go there all the time, and in, in going to the forums, I started reading Randy's post about his experience down there, and I read the post for Ghost Wolf, and I got to thinking, well, that's where I'm staying <laughs> when I go down there, it's, it's right there, and I thought, well, you know, and I started reading into it, and I thought, well, I'm a, I think I'm just going to kind of adopt that area as, as my area, and I'll still be observant when I go to southeast Oklahoma and, and do the trail work down there, but as far as any kind of active research, it's, it's, I'm just going to do it down there at Ch- uh, Chickasaw Park. And uh, that's how I kind of ended up there. Uh, I was there a few months ago, just went down for a day hike, and then uh, this past weekend I took uh, myself and Bobcat and uh, several other people from our group, both uh, 
a couple of skeptics and two or three that were, you know, firm believers that, that we're all crazy if we even consider this. So it had a, a real mixture of people in the camp, and we really didn't uh, tip our hand as to what we were doing too much so far as the way of big, Bigfoot research because of some of the people in the group. Uh, we went on a day hike over there looking for some caves that we had heard that was in the area, and uh, it, to them it was just a day hike. To us, we were looking for stuff, you know, and that sort of thing. Right. That's a smart way to do it, you know. Smart way to do it. Because you don't want to, because I, I understand what you're saying, because if you had told your, old, you know, the uber skeptics that you were out there, what you were doing, then it, all bets were off at that point. You know, yeah, it, 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 it wouldn't matter what happened at that point. Right, and it was just a, uh, uh, yeah, it's, really it was just a, an outing for our group, you know. It's just Bobcat and I were doing a little bit more, you know, when they went back to camp, we went out looking for tracks or something, you know. Sure, yeah. Sounds like sounds like a good setup. Sounds like a good setup. So you've adopted Chickasaw, and um, I was asking I was asking Darren before all this started: Is there a problem with the hunters down there? Is it just inundated with hunters uh, right now? No, I went out. Uh, uh, I stayed out of the uh, uh, center of the park on the Rock Creek side, uh, just because I figured there'd be a bunch of, of hunters in there. Uh, on Sunday, I went over to Guy Sandy to to look at the. Uh, tracks along there, and honestly, there was, was so many pickup trucks parked along there, I decided uh, not to pursue that. I mean, I've, I've hunted deer my whole life. The last thing I want to do is bust in on somebody's hunt, so yeah, uh, right. I, just, yeah. I figure I'd go back in that area go after January. Oh, okay, okay. All right, all right, well, well so uh, besides the Kaimichis and... Uh, and and Chickasaw, have you have you gone hiking and and squatching in other areas, or is that pretty much no, where you've no, stuck to? Uh, pretty much been it. I'm I'm new at this. You know, this is I, I, understandable. This is this is you know armchair hunter for 40 years, but that really doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, but really, this this uh, time down to Chickasaw this past weekend was really the first time that I could actually say we we've, we've been out with a more open eye to something new type of thing. Okay. Uh, and uh, did not expect anything to happen. Really did not expect anything. I mean, we we're, we took, you know, a bunch of people with us. We were down there, you know, as a group, primarily just as a uh, uh, group of people, for friends going camping and hiking, you know, that that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's really, it was a really pretty weekend. It was in the 70s. It had a low of like 55 at night. Uh, the campsite, they had a, they didn't have the whole area open, but they had about 38 spots open. There was probably a good 22, 23 people out of that 38 that was there. I mean, there was a lot of people in the campground. Wow, that's kind and of uh, I, kind of surprising. You know, I was sitting there thinking, you know, well, you know, this a bit, this many people in the camp, campground, there's nothing that's going to come around here. Right, and, right. Uh, was kind of my thinking. And we were camped in a campsite over next to Rock Creek. And uh, the uh, I was uh, I was the one taking the lead on the camping trip, and so I I had offered to fix everybody dinner that night, and so I I uh, made up a big pot of uh, white chili for everybody, and uh, I cooked it over there in another campsite and got it all ready to go, and then we carried it over there and put it on the grill in that campsite next to the uh, creek, and of course you know everybody got their bowls and. 
dipped up the chili and, you know, ate dinner and, you know, this sort of thing. And the um, and it was later in the evening, uh, maybe Bob Cadby's there, you can give me a time, but I'd say probably 10 to 11 o'clock, somewhere in that range. Uh, all of a sudden, everybody in the, in the campsite heard something jump up and move just just right there on the edge of the the uh, break where it goes from campsite down into the ravine. And we're talking from uh, where the campfire was to the people on the uh, west side that were facing the campsite, from their back to the ravine where this thing was, we're talking 15, 20 feet. We're, we're, not, we're ta- not talking very far at all. And when it, it when it moved, you know, everybody heard it, and everybody jumped up, going, you know, what is this? You know, because it was obviously something very large, you know, tore off through the brush, and that mm. sort of thing. Um, There's one lady that was there that that had her tent uh, pitched within oh ten feet of that ravine drop off. Who was standing by her tent? I later asked her. I said, "Were you coming to your tent or, or going to it? You know, you know, going to or from it?" And she couldn't really remember what she was doing. Uh, but you know, I kind of thought, you know, she was going to her tent and walked by something who may have thought Oops, that she saw it. it. You know, she didn't. Yeah. I mean, again, all she all she experienced was something moving. But uh, I thought maybe this whatever this animal was. Um, thought that she had seen it, and that's what triggered it to take off. But everybody that heard it, it was loud. When it went, I mean, there's a lot of uh, brush and green briars and all kinds of stuff uh, on the other side of that ravine where it, it had been setting. And like Bobcat had said, you know, to me earlier, whatever it was had been there for a while and had been watching us for quite a while, just you know, 20 feet away. Hmm. Now, you were saying that because of the number of campers, you weren't expecting... No, I mean, the campground was full. I mean, right. I wouldn't have... I mean, back when Randy had his in February of... I don't remember the year now. But the uh, in February, I mean, he was like the only guy there. Right, And right. they came strolling through the campsite. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I didn't, you know, I thought if there was any... If there was a, such a thing as a Sasquatch and one was around, it was probably on down in the you know, lower part of the park, you know, where there's a lot of timber and that sort of thing. I, I never sure. would have expected it around the campsite, not with that many people. Well, this goes back to the idea that they're, you know, they've they've learned to uh, to live with us. You know, they uh, they've learned that campers equals food. You know, and uh, just like bears have done, really. Um, and uh, I, you know, you're starting. I'm starting to to read and uh, see more and more reports about this same kind of activity. Where the uh, you know campers, it's, it's a full campground, and you know, and nobody's like, well, there's no way it's a Bigfoot because there's too many people out here. You know, they don't want to be seen, but they seem to, uh, you know, from their their attitude, they almost seem to be kind of lackadaisical about about people being around. Um, and they don't, I mean, they don't just come out in the open, but they they wait till late at night, and mm-hmm. they uh, they come into the campsites or whatever and check out the little you know the garbage pails or whatever. Uh, much like raccoons will do, and uh, you know, from reading your reports earlier, um, there was mention that you know people said, well, I guess you know it could have been a deer, uh, but all of us that have been out there, 
in the the bush have we've all experienced deer running off and we know how quiet deer are when they run off most of the time they you know they they uh they don't really give you a whole lot of uh trail noise i guess is the best way to put it you yeah. can hear them scampering along but it's not a it's not a, a brush breaking you know tearing out of there kind of thing um and I would have to think. I mean, is is there is there bear in that area? No, not not. Uh, I can't say that it's not. You know, but it, it's uh, not any. It's the, yeah. uh, of the animals right. that are known in the park, uh, bears not on the list. Right. So okay. They, they, the park people, you know, say that there's no no bears to their knowledge. You know, right. I'll say one thing on on the deer thing. When it first happened, and people were saying, "Oh, it must have been a deer," I kind of felt into stride with that too well it must have been a deer or something you know and it was later on when i was you know next that night at home in oklahoma city on, on the next night i was sitting there thinking about it and i thought wait a minute you know i i've hunted deer my whole life with deer gun and bow you know and, and i've been around deer a lot and that wasn't no deer you know right and so it, it, it took a while for me to soak in like no it that's not possible because it, that's not what they sound like so now, uh, I mean, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Is it a possible is the possibility that the that the uh, the ravine caused acoustics to make it sound like it was no, much larger? No, it was, it, was it was real wide. Okay. It well, see, I haven't uh, been to that area yet. So yeah, I, it, it's uh, that the Rock Creek right through there is fairly wide. Okay. Okay. And uh, I noticed there was a question uh, that was that uh, was in the, uh, the the chat room here, and I was looking at it, and of course my talk shoe crashed. So I saw I thought it said something about uh, were there tracks found in the Rock Creek the next morning or something like that. Did you see that, Darren? <laughs> this this is yeah. a r- really embarrassing thing to say for both Bobcat and I because the it uh, we didn't check um, ah. the. Uh, the next morning we got up. I mean, I got up the next morning, and after we did a few things around, I went over to Guy Sandy and looked over there. You know, it didn't occur to me. Uh, I was still going at, you know, with a mindset of it was a deer or a pig or something, but it wasn't sure. a Sasquatch. You know, I'm a skeptic at this. I'm not a true believer, so, you know, I'm, I'm just going with the possibility that it could exist and, and to have this happen. It really took me going home and sitting at home and rethinking the whole thing, everything that went on to, to really come to grips as to what happened down there. And, uh, I mean, Bobcat, I mean, I got emails today. Why didn't we go to this Greenbrier down there? Why didn't we go down and look for hair, you know? Or, yeah, yeah, I love those. I love those emails. Those are my favorite. Why didn't you go and check for hair? It's like, yeah, well, you know, like, I was, <laughs> the last thing I was thinking of, you know. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I know in my in in doing this, I mean, it was I've kind of wanted to go with someone because I really didn't have any idea what I was doing. Right. But at the same time, having this happen, if I go back down there the next time, I, I guarantee there's places I know I want to go to. There's places things I want to do. If I can get hold of Randy's brand new camera i know we're exactly where i want to stick that thing down there but uh and you know and the, just whether it's a game cam or something you know i've got a much better idea just from this experience so i was really amazed what i came back from the experience with so it sounds like uh it sounds like you're formulating a plan and that's always a always a good thing 
especially if you can get a hold of uh, Randy's Fleer. That'll, uh, that'll definitely <laughs> I, I uh, make things go. Every person in the group is probably going to become good buddies with Randy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were all good friends of Randy anyway. <laughs> right, Darren? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, at least we hope, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least as far as he knows, we were. Uh, one, one of the things that really amazed me about it, it, it was a thread that was in the forum. I believe it was DW's thread on on the the uh, grass balls. Yeah. And yeah. when I read that, and they were saying in there that the grass balls were being thrown from like twenty or thirty feet away, my attitude at the time was that is a crock. You know, somebody just doesn't know how to judge distance. You know, blah blah blah. You know, how could an animal throw something from 20 feet away and you not see the animal. And then this happened, and where that creature was was 15 to 20 feet from where those, those, the backs of those campers were, uh, you know, sitting there at that fire. And it couldn't have been more than 20 feet away. And I have thought about that so many times after reading that uh, grass ball incident about the, the distance and how close something can be and you still not see it. And that so, was just so let me, a real uh, eye-opener. Let me get this right. So you guys had campers set up, and then as on, on the other side of the com- the campers is where the the, the activity occurred? Is no, that right? No, no. No, uh, okay. We had, there was there was three campers. When we're talking campers, I'm referring to people campers. Uh, oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry, I thought, sorry about that. I'm with you. I'm a, I'm that kind of camper myself. Yeah, I I, know. Yeah, but you know, everybody was guys. a tent except one guy who had a, a hammock slung from his pickup truck. So I mean, it just yeah, we I'm were that just kind of camper too. hanging out, you know. And gotcha. when I say campers, I'm referring to people. Gotcha. Okay. I was uh, just clarifying for myself because I mean, because I was going to say, you know, that that whole idea with the the trucks and the vehicles and yeah. campers and things like that, like that's perfect blinds for them. Yeah, the, we the, can't the, the trucks were, like that. The cars were a good. 50, 60 feet away. Okay. From, from All right. Just, yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, Darren, do you have any, any comments so far? No. Uh, I mean, I'm glad to see these guys are getting out and uh, experiencing a lot of this themselves because uh, that's where it really, what it really comes down to is you've got to get out there and experience this for yourself. To, that's true. To, to see how it is and, uh, you know, you can't learn unless you're out there trying to do so that's true that's uh you know uh sitting behind a computer and reading the reports it's just not as gratifying as being out there and having these things happen to you or uh you know at least putting yourself in the position to have them happen even because each time you go out there you may not have something happen every time you go out there but you learn a little more about the area about the the uh, flora and fauna about like uh like um hunter was saying where would you set up a camera uh you know what trails should you go check out Things like that, and each time you go out, this is going out to all. Everybody's going to listen to this on the uh, the recordings later on. Get out there, get up out, away from the computer, go, just go do it. You know, just just say you're going to take a hike and go somewhere, just go do it. But so far, uh, so far, I want to hear what Bobcat has to say since he was there. Bobcat, what was your uh, your what you gather from all this? Oh, I, I just confirm what Hunter says. Uh, That's the you know, way out. you got to give us more than that. <laughs> it, it took us by surprise. It sounded really large. And uh, I was expecting for something to walk out towards us. And uh, it was tearing up the uh, friars, the thorn bushes. I call it uh, a barbed wire uh, thorn type bush that runs and 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was tearing that stuff up, but then it took off the other direction. And it was a surprise when it did. Um, I don't. It was pitch black. We were all, we were staring into the fire. We didn't have any night vision, and all sure. you could see is black. You know. Um, uh, um, so anyway, I, it was uh, it was uh, a surprise. I guess I was kind of like Hunter after. You know, I I after sitting and thinking about what happened, that's when you know your brain kicks in and should have done this, should have done that, should have ran after it, you know, <laughs> with your camera right. or something. Yeah. But anyway, and he like told it pretty good. Dark green briar. Yeah, that's a uh, that's always a good time there. That's uh, always a good time chasing through chasing things in the dark through green briar. That's a uh, <laughs> joy right there. All right, about boy, happy pushing pushing. Bobcat off into that green bar and say, get him. <laughs> anyway. uh, did Bobcat say anything about the alcohol on Sunday morning? No. Uh, no. Oh, um, well, you know, it, it's it sounded like track six of the, uh, uh, I came to the conference and bought a um, one of your call CDs, and it, and it was a short owl call. And I got up and I looked looked around and I could not find anything. But uh, it was so short and so unowl like that it sounded more like the recording off that um, CD. And uh, boy, immediately when I heard it, I guess after listening to that CD, I jumped up and I ran out of the tent and I was looking around. Because it sounded like it came it came just across the river, uh, the creek from us. So anyway, I'd, but it was real short. It, I mean, I couldn't see anything moving, and I couldn't find where it came from or anything. So, but anyway, but it it was real suspicious sounding because we heard a horn owl earlier that night or. Um, also that, yeah, during the night, I heard the horn owl. Nothing like what this sounded like. So, anyway, um, anyway, I thought it sounded suspicious, but I, I didn't find anything. So, anyway. Right. That, that's yeah, we, uh, we, we, re- we refer to that, uh, that, that, that owl call that sounds like that, like you said, recorded. Uh, it's, a lot of times people refer to that as uh, the mechanical sound. Like it sounds like it's something that's that's made as opposed to something that's uh that's that's a natural call, right? And we and we've all heard that. That's a, it, it is. It's strange because you're like, well, that did that didn't sound like an owl, but you know what was it? And you really can't say what it was. And uh, you mean in a guesstimation, how far do you think it was from you? Well, I'd say across the creek's forty, uh, well, fifty, fifty, sixty feet. So I would say. Uh, 80 feet straight across the creek, but it made me jump up and run out there and look. And uh, you said it's happened in the morning, is that right? Right, in the morning. It was six in the morning. Was um, it right as you got up? Is that when it was? Yeah, uh, it, 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 it uh, was. Uh, light was starting to come on. It was the sun wasn't up. Yeah. Light was just barely starting to come on, and I heard it. So. Well, I've, I know uh, others besides myself have had this kind of thing happen also, where you uh, 
you just wake up in the morning, no matter really what time it. I've had it happen a couple times where you know early morning and then you know eight o'clock, you know eight thirty or so, you wake up and you have that one brief call like that. Um, so it's uh, you know it's it's uh, another one of those possibilities you can't ever say, oh yeah, that it was a Bigfoot watching you, waiting for you to wake up. But uh, it would make sense that that it could have been something like that. You know, you could have been under observation, or your camp could have been under observation. And that call was to alert other ones that may have been around the area. Hey, these guys are up. They're moving around. You know, maybe reel it in, get what you can, and reel it in. So, just another one of those one of those things. Let's see. Grizzly Adams says that he thinks that they cross the Rock Creek from the north and they come in on the campsites. Yeah, Does that I, kind of jibe with what everybody else thinks too. Well, I, yeah. I'm, I'm beginning to lean toward that myself. I didn't until after this, and I got to looking at maps and all, and, and starting to lean yeah. in that direction. And that's where, yeah, that's where we heard the call. It was coming from the north, like they're receding or doing something. Anyway. You know, one thing, too, on the campsite, we we had, our group was a little bit louder in, in, uh, than probably other campsites along the creek. And one other thing, we had the pot of chili cooking. And yeah, I was going to ask you where, about where that. Where that pot of chili was at on that campfire, we're talking 20 feet from the creek, any kind of breeze at all, and it was going to be blowing the aroma of, of that chili over the side. And, I mean, I had, you know, the chili peppers and the cayenne and the garlic and everything else in that pot, so I'm sure there was quite an aroma going over there. Oh, sure, yeah. And I didn't, until I got back to Oklahoma City and got into recent rethinking everything, it never occurred to me that that, that could be bait. Hmm. And, oh, that, yeah, you know, they could be smelling that, 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 and that yeah. could be drawing them to my campsite. Sure, that all that garlic smell and the yeah. chili powder. Yeah, and if, especially if you put any uh, onions, things like that. Oh, yeah, I had, I I had onions and everything else in it. it yeah. yeah. And I thought, wow. Throw yeah. a little bacon in mine also. Well, That's I just like the chili. You know? <laughs> yeah, man, but, I hear you. But, you know, it never occurred to me that that was bait because Randy's talked about baiting before down there, and I thought, I never thought about a, my dinner being bait, you know. But oh, it looks like Randy is in the chat room as guest 12. Hey, Randy, how are you? Good, good. Oh, of course, and talk she drops. So I'll assume your response was you're doing just fine and you're calling in. <laughs> so. Well, man, so you guys have got me uh, really itching to get up there. I was uh, my my wife and daughter thinking about going to Austin here at the end of the month. I think right after Thanksgiving, and uh, I'm thinking for my little trip, they'll go to Austin. And I'll make my way up to Chickasaw because it's not nearly the uh, the ten hour drive it is to the Kaimichis for me. Yeah, it's only about probably it says it says it'll take about six and a half hours to get there, but the way I drive it, it'll only take about five. So well, it's, it's it's an hour and a half for me and an hour for Bobcat to get down there. So oh well, rub it in. Thanks guys. Thanks. <laughs> it, it's an hour and a half for me and a <laughs> you might go ahead. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to go up there. Uh, you know, and I don't. It doesn't matter to me if anybody else is there or not um, as far as the group goes. Cause I, just wanted, I mean, I've heard so much about this place that I, I've got to go check it out. I've got to go check this place out now because uh, I may try and uh, grab old Bigfoot Bill Lee probing, who's probing the, the Bigfoot phenomenon all the time with us. See if he'll go up there with me. 
And but, uh, we should we should point out that he's he's the one that uh, did our great intro and outro for the show too. Oh yeah, Billy Bigfoot Billy, the voice that launched a thousand squatchers. Yeah, I love the probing part of the intro. That's my favorite <laughs> probing. Uh, but yeah, that looks like Randy has called in. He's on the line. He would. Uh, did you guys camp at the same spot that Randy camped at, or or a camp? No, we, we weren't very far away. We were on okay. the creek. He was he was uh, more central in the campground. Okay. Yeah, I've got to. Yeah, Randy's on. Yeah, should be there. online. Hey all. Hey Randy. So hey, Bill, Randy. campsite 17. Yeah. That is that close to the restrooms up by the uh, camp host. Would it's be? Uh, a little bit south of the restroom. Uh, it's it's really uh, you go south of, of 17 and then go uh, oh like the oh, just the, the first lap will take you to 30. I mean. You know, it 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 uh, you know how that's laid out down there. You go up to about twenty eight and thirty is the end of the road, and then they put the gate right. up. And there's there's like a hundred and six campsites in that area, but they they block off sections of them. And they had the the smaller number of campsites available this time. Yeah, yeah. Thirty is right where it turns away from the gate and heads back around right. towards right. the camp post. Okay. Yeah. We're about uh, one campsite further north from from that that bend in the road. Okay. Well, I would assume they're all just as active, but the reason I I think the reason thirty was so productive was because uh, I have a researcher friend who always does his research from that campsite. So baiting, staying up, vocalizations that that they do is all out of campsite 30. That's why I think 30 is probably better than average. I was planning on 30, but when I got there, someone was there, and then after I got set up, they left, and then someone else came the next day. So Campsite 30. Okay, I'm writing that down. I'm writing that down. Now, Randy, what, what number of campsite was that that, uh, it's way back up in the ninety-three. It's yeah. like ninety-three. Yeah. yeah, that that would be an awful good place to go up and sit with the thermal. Cause I mean, just the night hike that we did that one time, uh, just really amazed us at how secluded that was. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's lots of little trails. I mean, they just yeah. I, I could think of a couple places down there. I would think would be better than 93, honestly. That campground. Hmm. Yeah. 30 and 93. All right. Now I know what to look for. Oh, oh don't worry about it, Lim. You, when you walk through that park, that every campsite looks like a good one because it, every every campsite, you know, once you get out of those bottom campsites, seems to be fairly isolated. Hmm. Good deal. Good deal. And, uh, you know, I didn't mean to sound sarcastic earlier about whether or not anybody came down there with me. Anybody that wants to go down there, I'll let you all know as soon as I'm going. And if you want to join me, come on with yourself, because I think it'll uh, be just as much fun. 
just as if much. If I ever can, I will. Oh, really? Are you ever going to get to play with your new toy? Uh, in 16 days. <laughs> <laughs> He's counting down the days. <laughs> Uh, uh, where are you, where are you going? Are you going down to uh, Honubby? I'm going to Lee's Creek for two nights, oh. and then and then for two or three nights down back down to the ridge in Honubby. Ah, that'll be uh that'll be a good time. That'll be yeah. a really good time. Can't wait. So now, and, uh, I was going to ask you guys: uh, <laughs> Did y'all have any trouble with? Uh, Raccoons, while y'all were down there? No. In fact, I was really surprised I didn't see any more than I did, which was only like one or two. Well, I remember when uh, we were down there about a year ago. Man, we had so many raccoons that Randy had to beat them off his uh, trailer door. They kept trying to open his trailer up to get inside. No, we we really didn't see any coons. Uh, Had a lot of deer that was walking through the campground, you know, on the road or something, including a white-tailed deer in her fawn. I mean, so, I mean, for them to be walking through the campground and, as, you know, you're sitting there and watching them walk by 30 feet away, it's it's hard to believe that they're also over the ridge getting scared at us, you know. Right. Because they're, they're quite comfortable with us, even walking by with their young. Sure, that you know, it's, it's a sign that they've uh, they've been they've been habituated to humans. Right. Humans probably feed them on a regular basis. Uh, they're probably looking for handouts. They do the same thing down here in the parks in Texas. But to, to, to the they're also on the raven on the raven side of Rock Creek, getting startled by somebody walking by. Pretty well, sure. it's not a deer. Right, exactly. That's what I was thinking also. Yeah, man, you guys have got me all excited. I think I'm gonna get off the phone, and go pack. Get ready to go. Oh man. So now let me let me ask you this guys, uh you know, like you said, you're you're new members of the group and the forum. Uh I mean from from a perspective of just coming into the group, what would you guys like to see more of from the MABRC? Uh gee whiz, I'm quite happy with it the way it is right now. Uh, I, I can't really think of anything new. Uh, I really appreciate the uh, niceness of everyone on the forum. Uh, I, I came became actively involved after I think of a lot of problems last spring. Yeah. Uh, and not only on this forum but with other groups and all of that. I have experienced that sort of thing with other groups I have been involved with and, and, and talk forums and that sort of thing that was, had nothing to do with Bigfoot. It's something totally different. But I've, I've been through that, that gauntlet of going through that sort of thing before, and it's it's really despicable, uh, really a bad thing. And uh, to, to come on the MABRC forum and experience the friendliness to where if you throw out a different idea, you're not slam dunk for it, you know. Uh, it's, it's really a good feeling. And uh, it's, you know, the little bit I've looked at other groups, you know, I don't want to be involved with that. And if it started here, I'd probably back off. But it, it's, uh, I just don't see that happening here. So that's what I really appreciate about the MABRC. So, Bobcat, uh, I know you're in the process of uh, 
you know, getting into the group and everything, uh, what, what's your take on uh, the MABRC? Uh, well, well, I, I like it. It, uh, I, I'm having a little trouble uh, with the website a little bit, but that's because I'm not website savvy. Uh, but I, I'm getting there. I, what I've been doing is reading and listening to your radio show a lot, and I listen to. I came to this year's conference and listened to last year's conference, and what a wealth of information. Uh, so anyway, I'm just real excited about all the information, and. Uh, Excited about getting involved in that sort of thing. Cool, man. We're glad to have you all. That's for sure. That's what we need: people going out in the field and reporting back, telling us what's going on, putting the feelers out. And once you get used to the website, the forums, it'll be a breeze to go through. Once you get the hang of it, because there's a lot, a lot of information on those forums, and that's one of the things I don't think people realize is, is just how much work and information there is on those forums uh, with all the, the uh, pulled reports and uh, everything else. And uh, now we've got the the John Green wing. Are you kidding me? I mean, really? I think it's just massive. And uh, I noticed that somebody had said, if you guys haven't checked that out, you, gotta, you have to check that out. I noticed that somebody said, well, the, the information is very sparse. Uh, you know, I kind of have to disagree. It's it's actually very to the point. You know, it's uh, it's very specific information and behavior characteristics that are witnessed. Um, so uh, I, I highly recommend using that John Green uh, website or the uh, they attached the link to it because, man, there's a you think the BFRO and those guys and everybody else has a bunch of information? You gotta check this guy's website out or his link. It's a uh, man. It's it's just mind-boggling all the research he's done over the years yeah how much is actually in those in those reports i think i counted uh 3600 different reports same and i i am trying to integrate that into our our database but i don't really expect to have that done until probably february of next year oh come on man i was thinking about thanksgiving Come on. <laughs> well, are you busy or something? You got to work. Come on. Cher- Cherokee Rose might get a little upset if I devote too much time to that. Hey, <laughs> okay, I got to tell before. You just uh, tell Bobby Hunter. what's up. Go ahead, Randy. I, I got a question for Hunter and uh, and, and Bobcat. Uh, uh, you guys familiar with uh, Dr. Charles Hallmark's research from that park system? Uh, I am a little bit. Uh, I, I've. Uh, not too much, but a little bit. I, I don't know where to get more information on it. Yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, uh, Dr. Hallmark passed away this past year, uh, and I was fortunate enough to speak with him. You know, after after my encounter down there, I, I was looking for anybody and everybody who ever claimed to have seen one in that park system because I wanted to talk to him. And uh, I had a pretty good conversation with with the doctor, and uh, he he was just coming off of a long illness, lost a lot of weight, said he wasn't getting into the woods like he used to, but he, but he really filled me in on some of the things that he had done there uh, and, and the sightings that he had had and really a, a wealth of information and, and a super nice guy. Uh, I, I tried not to form an opinion about somebody from what I'd heard from anybody else say about him or a possibility of a fake fingerprint that he was trying to pass off as a Bigfoot's fingerprint. I can't say one way or the other what that was all about, uh, but I did not form an opinion. I just wanted to talk to the guy myself, and very super nice guy. Uh, told me lots of lots of projects that he had been working on. Uh, 
down there experiments with these animals and, and food baits and things like that and, and said to just look him up when I came down and he would be happy to show me around, take me to where he has seen some of these things. And I, I never got around to it. I, I, I feel so bad that, I, that you know, he passed away before I was able to get down there and actually meet him in person because he was so, so nice. But uh, he, he was involved with quite a few things, and he would do experiments with foods in trash cans down there. And, uh, you know, coincidentally, the night that I saw one, you know, it was going around looking in the trash can. So I always think of him when I think about that, which is a lot. So, See, uh, you know, trash cans that they had, down there when you were there, uh, were they the square-looking box things that had the, the hidden handle up inside? No. No, they were just regular round metal trash cans with uh, regular tight-fitting okay. lids on top. Okay, they totally replaced everything. Oh. They went to bear-type containers where there are no bears. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is, you know, I I have heard many, many nights down there uh, you know, since I've, I've been back there many times, and I would hit, lots of times I would hear the trash cans popping off and, and hitting the ground and rolling around like a quarter would. Uh, and you know a raccoon is doing that when, when they fall to the ground. So, But oh. every once in a while, you'll hear one sound like it gets popped back on, and that's it'll make you have pause. Randy, we've got a question from Grizzly Adams in the chat room. He wants to know, is uh, Dr. Hallmark's research posted anywhere? You know, I, I I just did Google searches on his name and, and just started reading. You know, it's probably not as easy to find as when he was alive because he, you know, he was monitoring some of that stuff when he was alive. Uh, I believe his wife is still alive, and he told me that he still lived. His, his property, he had some acreage which backed up to the property of Rock Creek, and uh, so that's where he was getting a lot of his research. Uh, so I, I need to find out because I. I was thinking today how I would like to go down and talk to his wife because I know that she was involved in some of his uh, research and, you know, I'm, I'm sure she could fill me in on, you know, some of the locations and what what he had done. And I, I really need to do that, you know, before she passes on and, and that information will just, you know, go away without being uh, explored. Very good. Very good. hope that helps you out there, Grizz. Let's see here. Oh, uh, I did have a question for the global director. Uh, are you going to do a trivia question tonight, or are we going to you know, forget that like we usually do? <laughs> well, I'll be honest, uh, I'm totally unprepared for that. So, uh, But I will say this, uh, for the next show, we will have a trivia question. Uh, I've got a list somewhere. I've just got to get it out. And what we'll do is, uh, you know, the winner of the trivia question we will actually go and have as a uh, oh my mind just went blank. Uh, uh, you it out on it. Yeah, the the prize will be an autographed uh, copy of the poster from uh, the Hanobi Bigfoot Conference of all the speakers. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. So be prepared for the next show, folks. We're going to have our trivia question. We're going to get back in the swing of things. We've just been uh really out of whack after the conference and uh you know everybody's kind of spread thin right now but we're going to get back into the swing of things and the show will pick up uh and get back into where we should be there's something wrong with our format now well no i mean <laughs> i'm just i'm just kidding. uh oh man yeah i saw that on the uh, the email i got today saying you are invited 
for a call. Uh, it's just about a trivia question. I thought that was interesting. I hadn't seen that before. And I want you guys to know, I went out playing with the thermal camera the other night on my 22 acres, uh, and I've got trails, took the Polaris out there, had the camera hooked up to the 12-volt outlets and was, was cruising around with my wife just testing it out. You know, we saw animals, we saw rabbits, um, you know, and I also had a flashlight because I was just testing how it would pick these things up, and, and the rabbit was as clear as day, bright white in the in the woods, and but yet when I shine a flashlight at where the rabbit should be, all I see is brush. So this thing picks up picks up the animal within the brush, and you can see it clearly. Uh, one other thing that I found. Down. We've got four more minutes. Are you? Hello. 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 Goose. Hello. I heard somebody talking. I didn't know if you guys were hearing me or not. Oh, sorry, guys. That was me. I didn't have the mic covered. Okay. Uh, well, anyways, so uh, we saw some white in, in some bushes, and it almost looked like birds jumping around, flying around in the bush in, in the middle of the night. And my wife was like, what's that? And it's just bright white. Uh, and and I, I said, it's got to be a butterfly because it was just moving from a branch to branch. But when we got closer and I shined the light, it was a mouse in, up in a bush. Mm. So... So the camera is awesome. I mean, you talk about being able to pick up a heat signature of, of just about anything. I mean, it is. It. I can't wait to take it down to the Chickasaw Park. What, what's the, how long of a range, downrange, will it show? Uh, it says 1,000 feet. It's designed for uh, looking down the road in the front of a vehicle, you know, and see 1,000 feet ahead of you. Man, that's a range. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's forever, man. What kind of camera is it? A uh, Pathfind IR. Wow. Yeah, we. Yeah, we actually we have, have a link. Here. <clears throat> yeah, we actually have a link uh, on the form uh, at the top in the announcement center uh, to the the Pathfinder on FLIR's website. And they've, okay. they've got some uh, videos there that you can look at. and It basically shows you how they use it on vehicles. And that, that's what it's originally used for is uh, allowing people to see farther out when they're driving down the road. But uh, yeah. when uh, Randy started talking about looking at getting one, uh, I pointed him in that direction. I was like, you know, I, this is the one I've been looking at. And he was able to... Uh, get a good deal on it so well i'm also working with the camera i'm, I'm thinking uh like i said i've gone out with it plugged into my truck and i've got gone out with it plugged into the polaris I and mean, it works great it's got about a 10 12 foot tether so you could step off the polaris scan the woods but you still are tied to that 12 volt outlet so uh, i was thinking about getting a small 12 volt battery which the ones in the polaris are very small uh you know they're not car sized at all and I've got some old tool belts. I may try to rig up a tool belt that will hold one of these small, they're almost a lawnmower-type battery, 12-volt, uh, and see how, you know, see how mobile I can make this thing. Uh, because I put, I put the camera together on a wooden paddle I cut out of plywood so that it's handheld, and the camera's on one side, the LCD is on the other side. So it's actually like a handheld unit that we use at the fire department. So wherever you're looking with the camera, you're seeing the LCD in the same view that you're looking with the camera. Uh, when we had the two gentlemen from Texas come up to the conference and we played with their thermal that one night up in home, down in Honubby, 
they had the LCD in on the dash of the Polaris while the guy sitting on the front up on the rack was panning the woods. That's not a very efficient way to use it because he would, there would be a, a heat signature and we'd want him to stop and look, but, but he couldn't quite line it up with where we saw it because the camera is not where he's looking. You see, not having the two units together just doesn't work very well, so that's why I put them both together. Oh, that's excellent. Yes. And, of course, we are working on getting a uh, DVR unit to hook up to it. Uh, so, you know, wherever we point it, we're going to be recording. And we also need to go ahead, and, and, and we've already talked about doing this, we need to get a, about a 10 or 15 picture database of what a person looks like, what a person looks like with a full set of clothing on, two or three layers of clothing on, uh, one layer of clothing on, a ghillie suit on, and, and at different ranges, and, and put those down as saying, okay, this is a person at 200 feet, this is a person at 300 feet wearing a coat, a jacket, jeans, and, and have those as references. Right. Good thinking, Randy. That's good thinking. That's what I like about you. You're always thinking. Good. <laughs> yeah, we're actually going to be doing some of that down at uh, at the River Reed because uh, that that would just be a prime opportunity for us to do it right there. Oh, yeah, and get Bushman to do the naked one. He would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> <I bet. laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, I do have a quick question uh, while we've got everybody online. What uh, what are the actual dates for the January expedition that I hope to see Bobcat and Hunter at? Uh, let me go up here and look real quick. Uh, I think it's the weekend of the 22nd or the 23rd. I know that's the tentative dates. I was hoping we had some for sure dates. Yeah, let, let's go ahead and just uh, say it for sure that that is the actual dates. I just need that, that admin of the forum there. You know, he, he's kind of lazy here lately. He needs to get over there and make that official. Yeah. All right. All so. right. That's my Christmas present. There we go. And a matter of fact, we're actually going to have Burnball Guitar and his brother. Uh, it's going to be January 22nd through 25th. And I'm going to sell raffle tickets for whoever wants to sleep in my tent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on now. It's not because of me. It's because of the camera and the 360 Yeah, well, yeah turns. because of you and the camera, huh? Yeah. yeah we don't get a movie. I'm going to back away from that. Well, now I, I will say this, uh, and I, I think it was Big Jim that brought it up on the forum, that uh, it seems that the MABRC just loves cold weather expeditions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It seems like we do more of those than we do in the, the summertime, so uh, hopefully Dress we'll warm. have... Huh? Dress warm, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, and if uh, if you plan on showing up for the the, the expedition, definitely go down to Walmart and, or your outdoor retail store, wherever you go to, uh, get you one of those little propane heaters to put in your, your tent to help stay warm. Uh, Leave the flap open, though. Nobody wants to die of uh, carbon dioxide poisoning. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Just to let everybody know. But uh, we, we do plan on uh, covering about three different areas and... Uh, there, there's a valley that we want to check out that we figure is prime area for them to be hunkered down at. And, of course, with Randy and his thermal, uh, 
you know, for those of you that have been down in there, you know the the bluff that overlooks the camp area for the River Reed area. Uh, there's been quite a few times we sit there, and you can hear movement on top of that ridge, but you just can't see nothing because of the, the vegetation. The great thing about having Randy there with his thermal, they can't hide from you in that vegetation. We're going to see them. Well, I'm I'm going to get this job that I'm that I'm working on done, and hopefully, and give me a couple of days to really prepare for for heading down there. But I got to let everybody know. I mean, I've got it to where the camera, the LCD, comes off and and separates, and and I don't have the two wires taped together so that the camera and the LCD can separate by about ten feet. That way, in the tent, I can set the the LCD monitor on a table with a chair in the middle of the tent with a with a rod running up and the camera on the top of the rod sticking up out of the tent so I can spin it 360 degrees. Uh, and I, I'm going to have that all doctored up uh, nice and nice and tight so that uh, no light will come away, you know, leave the tent. But it's got to be dark. I mean, it, it's really, it, it has to look like you're asleep, but yet you're going to be in there monitoring the LCD with the camera spinning slowly by hand. It's not anything, it's not going to be remote control or anything like that that has any noise or moves, you know. It's going to be something you can move by hand because, you're going to want to have that kind of stealth, right? And of course, we're trying to go. We're going to try to get Goose to come down there, uh, and maybe catch us some fish to put on a stringer. Because uh, for those of you who've heard about the infamous stringer incident, uh, something bipedal. You know, we can't say it was Bigfoot, but something bipedal walked by the tent, and picked that up, and walked back into the river reed with it. So, uh, you know, that that's interesting in itself right there. So we're going to try to put some fish on a string and see if they'll come into the, the area and try to grab it. Not a bad idea. So, well, guys, I think uh, we're at an hour and five minutes. Uh, I think that's pretty much uh, a good show. Uh, what do you guys think? Good for me. I'm yeah, yeah. Quite pleased with this. Thanks for inviting me to come. Uh, yeah, thanks for sure. No, no, man. You guys, we we really appreciate you guys uh, hopping on here with us. Uh, it's always good to have information from out there, you know. And you guys keep it up. Keep going out there and going to the Kaimichis and going to Chickasaw. And if you find anything new, you know, just report it. Put it on the website, and that way we so, can all so, check it out. So if we're interested in the 23rd through the 25th, just sign up on the site there. Yeah, just let us know to expect you, and uh, basically it's the the thread in the MABRC members area. Uh, yeah, I think it says uh, January 2010, I think is the yeah. uh, header on that forum page. And, of course, okay. uh, me and uh, Big Head, uh, he's the other local researcher here, uh, we're going to discuss Saturday evening, we're going to put the final few details together, and then we're going to post the the, the plan for the expedition so everybody knows what to expect. Uh, cool. We're going to be going out to the, the bait stations, which is within about a mile and a half of the River Reed, and uh, it, it should be pretty interesting. We're we're going to be doing some recon, doing some night hikes, to see what we can come up with, and uh, hopefully when Randy comes down at the end of the month, we can uh, maybe cruise over there and see what we can spot with the, the thermal over there, too. Well, yeah, we, no, could we, ride down, we could ride down that whole Skillyville area and just look look out the window of the vehicle with the, with the thermal. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be interesting to see because we might even play the crime baby CD and see if we can't get something to come oh, running down the hill. <laughs> oh, boy. I know No Mercy yeah. will be with us because he hates that sound. <laughs> yeah. Are we uh, are we looking to do uh, the uh, remote camps, depending on how many people show up? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're talking about putting some folks over at the base station. Uh, then, of course, uh, near the cemetery where there's been sightings at. And then, of course, the River Reed. And there's even a place right around from the River Reed where Be the Monkey once camped out at that uh, might be great to put a couple of people there just to see if we can increase our chances of activity. Hmm. Gotcha. So. Fantastic. Well, great show as always, guys. Yep. Glad Thanks. everybody was able to make it on. Glad uh, Randy was able to, to get on and talk with us. Thanks, Randy, for taking time. No problem. And, guys, I just want to say thanks for for coming on the show and, uh, you know, letting everybody know uh, what you guys encountered down there. And, uh, you know, if you guys want to come back on the show anytime, just give us a holler and we'll we'll get you back on here. For sure. All right. Hope hope to see you all, guys. Everybody check us out with us sometime. Okay. Cool. Cool. Sounds like a plan. Thanks a lot. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks to everybody calling in and listening to the Bigfoot Field Guide Radio Show presented by the Mid-America Bigfoot Research Center. Check us out at mid-americabigfoot.com. See you all next time. You've been listening to the Bigfoot Field Guide Radio Show presented by the Mid-America Bigfoot Research Center where researchers think outside the box. Available for download on iTunes and from mid-americabigfoot.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the next time you're in the woods alone, maybe you're not. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.